2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon.
0: Pastor Scott Show. Always good to be with you. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We take the issues of the day look at them from a Christian perspective on our show. And uh, there's an interesting viral video that went around on social media and uh, a lot of conversation around it, and it had to do with a kid who was wearing a a patch on a backpack of the Gadsden flag. You know what that is? It's the flag with the yellow flag with a snake on it that says, don't tread on me. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about all this, and we'll get into it here in a second, it leads to all kinds of discussions about free speech and education, and schools and political agendas, and how to disagree in a good way. The kid's name is Jaden, and, uh, the school. Uh, was not letting him go to class with this backpack until he took that patch off. Now, there's a little more to the story. There were some other patches. We'll talk about that uh, as part of the story. But the school met, and um, the school board of directors, it's a charter school in a public charter school in Colorado. So it's a public school, and it's a school that is founded on the idea of education and their mission statement and everything. And they say a lot of really great things. Uh, the culture of the Vanguard School is what it's called. is one of excellence in all things with particular focus on excellence in virtue, academics, leadership, and civics and uh, i thought that was interesting compare uh thinking about what we were going to talk about here but the uh, the school met and decided you know what it actually it is okay for this kid to wear the patch uh the kid actually put out a, a video where you know, he's going viral a little bit i'm a little worried about him here's what he said
3: governor polis some in your party might argue that it's oh
0: well, that's the wrong one hold on. here it is hey
3: guys um today was a good day um
4: Kind of. When I got to school, the kids were really hacked up because um, they saw me on Twitter. And kids are putting, don't tread on me on the locker. Well, at least um, my new made friends because uh, I'm big on Twitter and now they
0: like me. You know, he's big on Twitter and now they like me. That's the part that I'm a little worried about here. So he's a 12 year old kid named Jaden. Got a lot of attention because of the the video that went out. But, uh, you know, it's exciting to stand up for what you believe in and to win the argument. All
4: of a sudden. But the teachers, on the other hand, I got some dirty looks, that's for sure. Um, I, they're definitely not happy with me. But other than that, it was pretty good. Um, I was on the Charlie Kirk show, and Ben Shapiro had me. It was a really good day, in my opinion.
0: Well,
4: um, have a good day, y'all.
0: So that's a lot going on for a 12 year old. You know, you gotta worry about all that attention. Sometimes the spotlight is the thing that, uh, does you in in life, but we've got to be proud of the kid for standing up, uh, for, uh, his rights. Now I want to explain all of this and you can join the conversation. 888-528-2557. Give your perspective on this. If you're aware of the story, 888-528-2557. Uh, so what the deal is, is this, is that he had this backpack and the backpack had a lot of patches, like I guess iron on patches, or maybe they're stitched into his backpack. You know, kids carry a backpack and, um, to, to class and uh, he is getting kicked out of class because he has this patch on. Now, what we learned from the school is that at one point he had some other patches, right? He had patches that apparently, and I haven't seen them, so I don't know specifically what school says that there were several patches and some kind of celebrated guns or celebrated a couple of things and the school made him take those off, but then they wanted him to take this one off. And the video that went viral is a meeting with a teacher or a school administrator who is enforcing what she says is a policy to remove the the Don't Tread on Me patch, the Gadsden flag patch, and she gets it all wrong. So this video was taken by this kid's mom uh, during this meeting, and uh, this is what it sounds like.
4: So they're, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag
0: that way. Mm. And this, this is the school administrator who is uh, talking right now to the mom and going to explain why. Uh, he can't go to class while he has this patch on.
4: So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag to mm-hmm. is due to its origins with the slavery, and slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, that's the reasoning behind them not the slave. and the don't tread on me. Which is the Gadsden flag.
0: Okay. Um. So now there's this weird, awkward moment in the in the meeting because the school administrator says the reason you can't wear that flag is because of its association with slavery and the slave trade. And the mom clarifies, you mean the Gadsden flag, flag the uh, don't Tread on me flag? And the administrator says yes. But the thing is, is that flag has nothing to do with the slave trade. It came out of the Revolutionary War. He's,
4: what's going to happen if he doesn't take it up? I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah, so I asked if can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class. Like, I just wanted to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying. And then he said. You-
0: So what's developed here in the video is that there's a misunderstanding of what that particular patch is and uh, where it comes from. The mom now starts to explain to the school administrator what it is. We're close. I
5: was like, oh
4: yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was displayed when they were fighting the British. Like that wasn't. That's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of like the um, the Confederate arm Confederate flag. Okay, I so. I am here to enforce enforce the policy that was provided by the district.
0: So she explains, that's not what this flag is. It wasn't something that was a symbol of the slave trade or anything like that uh, at all. And uh, the administrator doesn't know this. They should know this, but they don't. And so she sticks to her policy. And uh, this kid, Jaden, is not allowed to go to class as long as he has this patch on.
4: Um, Because... Like I said, we're following district policy, okay. is what we're doing. Okay. So, the last thing I want is him out of class. Yeah, I and know that's all he, I, he takes, takes his classes seriously, we'll yes. studies. he studies, he wants to get straight A's, he did that. He made auto Roll when he was here before. Yep. He intends to do that again right now, but it's hard because he keeps missing class for this. So, I understand that. Yeah. And I mean, we teach him to always stick up for your beliefs. And I mean, you're going over the revolution this for seventh grade.
0: So this is something that is uh, gone viral. People have heard about this all over the place. And, you know, this flag, the origin of it is it's named after a guy named Christopher Gadsden, who was a statesman. This was before the American Revolution. And it was designed in 1775 in the early stages of the American Revolution as a flag that will object to what the British were doing to us. And it said, don't tread on me beneath it. It had a rattlesnake there, which was a symbol of resistance and tenacity. And uh, the message was very clear, a warning to the British government not to interfere with American rights and liberties. It was clear that uh, independence was coming. And uh, everybody knew that in the Revolutionary War now we you know we don't have an American flag. there's no United States. there's just British colonies at the time. The Gadsden flag was one of several flags used by American forces during this period of time. It was flown by uh the Continental Army and was associated with the idea of American independence and the desire for freedom from British rule. Now you've seen this flag uh, it was continued uh, as a symbol of the American Revolution for a long time, and uh you t- comes out as a symbol of patriotism, independence and resistance to government overreach. So, part of the objection that some people have to this flag is that it has been used by people who are objecting to the government. Although it's been used by people across the spectrum, it tends to be right now, you know, more on the right side. So, there was somebody carrying that on January 6th and the, and uh, you're going to find some I think use of that flag that gets combined with some other things that I wouldn't say should be affiliated with that flag. But the point of it is, is that this symbol is something that is very much about the freedoms that we want. I think every group who feels like there is too much government might want to think about that flag to say, hey, this is a symbol of why we became America in the first place. This is a symbol of why Uh, the government, when it does too much, it oppresses, you know, a lot of the difficulty we have is with that in our country, with too much government. You know, are you going to, uh, lock down again? Is that coming with the COVID? Are you going to put the mask on again? Are you going to lose your job? Is your business going to shut down? There's questions people are asking right now because we just went through that. And, you know, when you go through it the first time, you know, you, you have a lot of, you know, reasonable, you know, back and forth about it and what's the right thing to do. And people can disagree. But when you kind of get to the other side and you see the data like we have, you know, my view, and I think a lot of people's view is we shouldn't do that again. You know, unless people are really dropping dead everywhere, we have to handle disease and, you know, uh, uh, pandemics and these kinds of things differently. And what the government does when it forces you into things is one of the reasons that we exist, Uh, It's one of the things that we rebelled against at the uh, revolution. That's what that flag is about. And so it's something that it bothers people if it's going against your point of view, but you love it if it is something that helps your point of view. One of those things. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Where this is headed in our conversation here is about how we disagree. Now, so what happened here, though, is that the school got together. This went viral, right? So it's a pretty big deal. And I think if you're this school, you don't really want the attention, right? This is not something that you're hoping for. The school put out a statement yesterday, and this kid gets to keep the patch. And here's what they said. They said, last week, a student came to school with patches, and this was sent to all the uh, parents at the school, okay, and they posted this on their Vanguard School uh, Twitter account, X account, I guess. Last week, a student came to school with patches affixed to his backpack with half a dozen patches depicting guns and weapons upon one and one referencing alcohol. Now, you know, what's interesting when you get in the free speech conversation where this is headed, there are probably some things, right, that you don't want your kids at the school, wearing like, and I don't see those patches. I don't know what they're really referring to. Okay, but let's say it was sort of glorifying this. You know, it would bother me. I think as a parent, some kid glorifying guns in this era of school shootings and other things. I don't think it's against anti-second amendment to acknowledge that some people's point of view about guns is horrifically bad, right? And we need to teach kids well on on that side of it. And then the alcohol thing, people ruin their life with alcohol and it begins most of the time in your teenage years. You know, maybe this isn't something we want at school, right? There's a moral question you have to ask about these kinds of things. But here's where they came down. Upon review by the district, they pointed out that in addition to those patches, the alcohol and the gun patches, don't tread on me flag patch, also known as the Gadsden flag, needed to be removed in accordance with the Harrison School District 2 policy Vanguard administration consulted with district administrators who directed the school to inform the student's parents that the patch was not allowed. So that's why that meeting happened. But then they had a meeting. Yesterday, the student returned with the patch still visible, and following uh, the district's decision, the administrators pulled the student aside, and uh, so they talked to the parent. But then it said, upon learning of these events today, the Vanguard School Board of Directors called an emergency meeting. From Vanguard's founding, we have proudly supported our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the ordered liberty that all Americans have enjoyed for almost 250 years. The Vanguard School recognizes the historical significance of the Gadsden flag and its place in history. The incident is an occasion for us to reaffirm our deep commitment to a classical education in support of these American principles. And I think that's a good response, right? They acknowledge they made a mistake. It's a little troubling that they didn't know about that mistake. So at this time the the board and district informed the student's family that he can still wear the patch so that was the kid's victory with that and uh, signed by everybody who's on there i think that is a good response from the school on all of this and you know at the end of the day this i think worked out pretty well and what i'm noticing here is that even people on both sides of the aisle have made some comments that are pretty good As far as, you know, how this should be done. This is uh, Colorado Governor Jared Polis, who's a Democrat, uh, about the flag. This is what he had to say. I
1: I call it a teaching moment. You know, Abby, we we all remember high school, college. You know, there's kids with pins on their backpacks. Maybe it's a feminist pin, an anti-war pin. Maybe it's a conservative one. And, you know, that enriches the discussion, right? It, it, it's, it's kids are trying out different things. And, uh, the, you know, the don't tread on me flag, the Gadsden flag is really an iconic American flag. It's flown over units of our military. You know, it's, of course, has it been adopted by the Tea Party and others? Sure it has. But a kid could have a I love the Tea Party pin on their backpack, too. Uh, I mean, look, let's just let kids have their free expression in school. And if they want to advocate for their political beliefs, I think that's something that should be encouraged
0: you know, that was a pretty good response. And he's getting some flack from that from some people. But I think that more people are on his side with that to say, you know what, people have a right to speak out on these things. I'm sure that there's a limit, right? There are flags. And like I said, those other patches, maybe that's not appropriate in school. And there are things that clearly are not appropriate. I don't think you should have a Nazi flag. I think that there are flags and symbols that only designate evil today. And then there are there are symbols like the Gadsden flag where evil people have used it before, but you can't just, you know, cancel out something that is meaningful for us as a culture because some people have used it incorrectly. I think we need to correct it. We need to say, no, the way you're using this is not appropriate for that symbol. And, uh, you know, we do that with religious symbols, right? There are people who, who use the cross in ways that are not appropriate for what the cross actually means to Christians, right? The, and, and what that is really about we don't want to cancel the cross. We don't want to get rid of it because a few people have used it wrong. And I think this has been a good thing. Now, uh, you're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This has gotten me into an idea of something I think that's important for all of us is to learn how to disagree better. And something that Governor Paulus does Is he has a website and he's doing this with the governor of Utah, whose name is Spencer Cox, who's a Republican. And they put together a website, um, and it's about disagreeing better. The website is. I I want to say disagreeing better, but it's the National Governors Association. If you go to the NGA.org, there's a link on there for Disagree Better. And what it is is it's governors across the United States. All 50 governors are part of the National Governors Association. And they are trying to have a really good conversation about, as a country, why we need to disagree better. Because what we tend to do is just want to demonize the other side. And it it leads me to something we were talking about a little bit in the last hour, but maybe more specifically here. How do we make sure that we can disagree well without compromising the truth of what we're going to say, being open to realizing that maybe somebody does have a better argument? I think that people should be persuasive. persuasive. This is why you should disagree better. Um, You know, in our country, we're going to move forward a lot better with policy and other stuff if we are actually looking to resolve problems rather than just keep them going. I, and I think that's some of the problem, right? And, and governors feel this maybe more than people in Washington, because people in Washington make an awful lot of money by not solving the problems, if I can say that. You know, I think that that's true. I think that's true with the, uh, with the border. I think that's true with guns. I think that's true with whatever kind of issue you want to say, is that if I can keep raising money because uh, the other side is bad and this issue is not being resolved, well, then I don't really want to resolve it you know what happens if we actually resolve the border issue what happens if we control the border and then as a country you know 80 90% of people believe that uh, we're handling immigration correctly i think we could get there honestly uh, i think most people would come to a similar you know conclusion for how to deal with that uh well what would happen politically is neither side would be raising money on that anymore and they raise a lot of money on it you know i think one of the uh <laughs> you know, when when old politicians retire or die uh, it hurts the fundraising, right, so Republicans uh are hurting probably or soon will be in the fundraising because eventually they 're not going to be able to put Nancy Pelosi in their newsletters, right their fundraising letters and if Mitch McConnell is having uh health problems um then or whenever Donald Trump is out of the picture they 're not going to be able to put those names in the fundraising newsletters you know, and uh it's rather than actually deal with the policies, things also become personal, you know about individuals and what those individuals might represent. What the governors association are trying to do and in particular the governors of Colorado and Utah is to create a system where we disagree better. I want you to listen to this. This is Jared Polis, who's a democrat. He's also gay, right? And he's he's the first openly gay governor in the United States. Uh he's married to a guy. Okay, that's where that's where he's coming from. And he's on CNN. And this is how he was treated by the reporter on CNN, uh, Dana Bash, about this.
3: Governor Polis, some in your party might argue that it's naive to call for more respectful debate at a time when many Republicans are just, for example, trying to restrict abortion access or roll back LGBTQ rights. You're the first openly gay man elected governor. How would you disagree better with someone who says your marriage is not legitimate?
0: See, I find that question interesting, especially as she put it, that she... She put it, I mean, she's not saying it for herself, but she is pointing out that some people think it's naive, she said, to try to disagree better.
3: Governor Polis, some in your party might argue that it's naive to call for more respectful debate at a time when many Republicans are just, for example, trying to restrict abortion access or roll back LGBTQ
0: rights. You're the first. See, the assumption there is that the Republicans are just wrong on those issues. But I think that Republicans would say, no, we're actually right on these issues. That's why we're engaging in this. So part of disagreeing better is to not just simply cancel the other side. And both sides do this, right? We just demonize so much, but we don't solve the problems. We don't get into the policy areas. And he gives a pretty good response to this. When the gay
3: man elected governor, how would you disagree better with someone who says your marriage is not legitimate?
1: Look, uh, you start with a common ground on something like uh, abortion choice. Democrats don't believe uh, we, that abortion is good. We believe it's bad. It should be minimized. How do you prevent unwanted pregnancies? What techniques do you use to make sure that people are empowered with the information they need to not become pregnant unless they choose? How do they get good medical care so they don't face a difficult decision midway through their 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 pregnancy? So, there's common ground there to have a constructive discussion about how families can be healthier, about how people can be happier. And it doesn't mean that we're going to agree on every part of a very difficult and challenging issue, but at least you can have a conversation at a better level. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, you know, so much the fault of politicians that sow the seeds of rhetoric. Rather, they're reacting to a market of, unfortunately, people that are reinforcing that. And this conversation, led by governors, chief executives of states, great people to lead this conversation, is really hopefully about looking ourselves in the mirror and coming up with a better way to have civic dialogue across the country.
0: And I don't think that means that uh, one side, you know, that both sides are right. You know, I don't even think he's right about, you know, I think some people very much uh, don't agree that they uh, there's a certain element of the left that wants more and more abortions today. It used to be, you know, safe, legal and rare. Uh, You don't hear that anymore. However, I think that what he said probably represents most people. Like I said, I think that there's 80, 90 percent of us who could find some common ground even on the hardest issues of the day where we disagree. i got to take a break. What I'm curious about from you is how do you disagree better without sacrificing what is true, without sacrificing your faith or what you believe to be true because it is or what you believe to be true because it's it's where you just believe it to be true? Uh, this is something I think that's important for all of us, not just in our civic dialogue, but also our dialogue with our spouse, with our kids, with our coworkers, with people that we know. 888-528-2557. 528 2557 is the number. This is The Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us now on our website, kkla.com. We'll be back as The Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show.
5: Here, Do you think that that's why this teacher made that association to slavery? Because it has been associated with the right, with uh, the, the Tea Party and perhaps with the Republican Party?
1: You know, it's a good opportunity to really go through the history and see the, the pride really, as Americans, we should all take in the Gadsden flag. Uh, Rattlesnake, as, as Ben Franklin uh, said, they they never uh, attack first, but they never back down once they're in a fight. And a lot of Americans identify with, with that spirit. But look, it, it goes deeper than that. If we want the moral high ground, Abby, to say that schools shouldn't be banning rainbow flags on kids' binders or backpacks to celebrate pride, We have to also say they shouldn't be banning free speech on the other side. This is a country that treasures free speech. And frankly, I hope it leads to a frank discussion in that school and others around the country about how free speech means that we support the speech even when we don't agree with it.
5: Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, in the context of all the kind of backlash against the bans, uh, this, I don't know what the politics of this teacher are. I, I can't speak to that whatsoever. Uh, but this this certainly seems to be a case where uh, they were to some extent trying to police speech even for a 12-year-old. Um, are you concerned that this is something that could be more widespread as, you know, people on in your party, maybe on the left, uh, you know, want to sort of address some uh, types of political speech that they disagree with.
0: This is an interview with uh, Abby Phillip and the governor of Colorado, Jared Paulus. Governor of uh, Colorado is a Democrat, and uh, he is defending the students' right to have the Don't Tread on Me patch, the Gadsden flag, which a kid who was 12 years old was um, removed from classes because they wouldn't take that patch off, and they misunderstood what the patch was about at the school. And uh, the interesting thing about this governor, he's he's Democrat and uh, left on a lot of stuff, but he is working with other governors as part of uh, the uh, Governor's Association in the United States to create a better conversation. Something he says is correct here is that if you understand what that Gadsden flag is, actually all Americans are people who – um Need to understand what that flag's about because it's so much about us and so much about the freedoms that we all enjoy. And you might disagree with one side waving it or the other side when they're waving it, but the freedom to have speech and to disagree is something that we need to have. This is the Pastor Scott Show. So we're talking about disagreeing better. How do you disagree better with uh, each other without losing uh, sight of the truth or losing sight of what is your your ultimate goal eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number Nikki Nike in L A. Welcome to Pastor Scott Show. Nike, Thank welcome you. to Pastor Scott uh, Show.
6: Scott. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, uh, I have three points. I think um, we have to one remember that they could just be wrong, and that's why they're on the other side. That's right. That's why they're your opponent in this argument, um, and we have to respect the right that they have to be wrong. That's right. You know, um, and, and if go at it at that point, and and to sum it up, is the fact that um, if I'm having an argument about whatever topic it is, my job is not to. Beat you. My job is to uh, push my point on this topic the best way I can. You know, to be more persuasive than it being about.
0: That's right. You
6: know, like a, a hatching uh, a boxing
0: bout. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I'm saying, I do. I I totally get that. And I think persuasion is the key word there, uh, Nike. Because we, if we're gonna solve a lot of the division we have we can't just have a war where nobody even listens to each other or talks to each other and just wants to uh, keep swinging, right? You've got to be persuasive, and you're right. I think it's an excellent point. The people can be wrong, and they have a right to be wrong, and sometimes we're wrong, right? And if, and if we won't listen to what somebody else has to say, we're never going to learn that we're wrong.
6: Right, right. But we must remember all of this verbiage that we share back and forth, it's supposed to be for communication, and communication is all about understanding. That's right. Otherwise, it, it, I'm, I'm I'm just talking at you. You know what I mean? If if our our goal isn't understanding, then it, there should be two other people on stage.
0: That's right. Does that makes That does that makes total sense. That the the purpose is not just to get our words out there. Our purpose is to understand. Right, that that's huge with with anything, um, and I think that's a positive thing that might be coming out of this controversy is maybe we're going to have some conversation, just or learn, hey, that that we can uh, do this. Was that your last point, uh, Nike?
6: My last point is this: um, we also have to remember the fact that we can be the wrong one in the argument as well. That's right. If if that's not even a concept in our head, uh, then then we're setting the whole venue up for failure.
0: That's right. That's a big part of what communication is, like you said, is it's not not actual communication if people aren't open to hearing and being persuaded or being uh, or recognizing that they might be wrong or that there's nuance to things. There's that's a practice that we've got to do better as a culture. Yeah. Yeah. Can, you
6: know, some ahead. things have an actual right and wrong them,
0: mm-hmm.
6: and some things are opinions.
0: That's right. Right. Yeah. There's certain um, things we don't really know at the end of the day, who's right and wrong. Some things we do.
6: Right. And, and if when it comes down to opinions, then our whole spirit should be persuasive.
0: That's right. That's right. And if uh, I think you're 100 percent
6: right and wrong to opinion, there's no right and wrong. So the whole job is to be persuasive.
0: Yep. Nike, thank you for your call. I think that that word persuasion is really important for us. As a culture, you know, with the differences of, uh, you know, politics and different things, we, we need to work on that because that's how you get to resolution. That's how we do things better. That's how we get better policies, right? There are policies that are behind decisions made about homelessness, for example, policies that are behind, um, the way we approach drugs or the way we approach cities or taxation or lots of different things. Some of it doesn't work and to double down on things that's not working. Uh, is crazy. Sometimes nobody has the right answer, and you've got to have opinions that you share and persuade. And then spiritually speaking, you know, we need to be recognizing that we, as Christians, have a persuasive faith when we push the, the clutter out of the way, that the argument that Jesus rose from the grave, the argument is actually very persuasive. That's why you have people who have written these books where they set out to disprove Christianity. There's a bunch of them, right? And uh, those, you know, so often the books like The Case for Christ, Lee Strobel and uh, Josh McDowell, lots of writers who set out to destroy Christianity, that was their goal, who actually investigated, were persuaded by the facts and became Christians, and now are some of the, the greatest apologists or, or people who can speak defending Christianity— And it's because they looked at the facts, they looked at different opinions, and they were persuaded. And, you know, the person that you know who is completely against Christianity, or maybe if you're listening, you're completely against Christianity, you know, are you persuadable or not? You know, or are we just stuck there when we have elections about things? Are we persuadable to the other side? Are we listening? Or is it just our side right and wrong? It's, you know, one of the big subjects in the Bible is, uh, being deceived and the the nature of being deceived is that you don 't know you 're deceived that 's why you 're deceived you don 't think you 're deceived you think that you 're right you think that your opinion is a hundred percent right and uh sometimes you sometimes you are right uh, actually uh, but sometimes you 're wrong and if we are uh, about persuasion, where I can say if i 'm right i 'm going to be able to persuade this other person and not make them my enemy, but keep them as my friend and work on persuading them that 's good i 'm going to listen to them though, and if I turn out to be wrong i 'm going to be humble enough to be persuaded about something that is something that needs to be taught that 's something that needs to be a regular thing we hear from our leaders and uh, I think from each one of us uh, and that that bridges the gap that makes everything. Uh, better. You know, people with this hurricane have remarked about uh, President Biden and uh, Governor DeSantis, for example, getting along really well in uh, their conversations about the hurricane and taking care of people. That shouldn't be abnormal. They can be completely, and they are, they're completely opposed. It's possible that they would run against each other uh, later. They're certainly opposed to each other politically. And, uh, you know, there's probably some nastiness that's uh, a part of all of that. But we should be able to work with each other and to discern what things are important enough for us all together. I think that's a really huge huge deal. Uh, All right, I got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How do we disagree better? Uh, I'll talk a little more about that and take your calls as the Thursday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you. We're talking about how to disagree better. You know, Ephesians tells us, chapter four, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Not just some of it, but all of it. It says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. It's really important to dig into that because it doesn't say, you know, become a doormat and let everybody walk all over you. And it doesn't say, you know, let other people continue in their deception. And it doesn't say, don't stand up for the truth. It doesn't even say, don't do that boldly. It says you, you don't do it in bitterness, bitterness or bitterness, bitterness, wrath or anger, and slander. You treat people with respect, and I think it's part of being persuade, persuasive. Many people won't be persuaded. Um, there's ways to do this. There was a couple in my church that were I always told them that they're great complainers. And what I mean by that is that there's a lot of people who just complain all the time. They think it's their spiritual gift of complaining. Maybe you know that person. Maybe that person's you. You know, stop it. Um, but some people are just better at it than others, right? They have a way of doing it that is constructive, or you leave that conversation where maybe they told you you're doing everything wrong, but you feel good about it somehow, right? This couple would invite me to their house and uh we would have some snacks or lunch or something and then for an hour they would tell me all the things i'm doing wrong <laughs> and you know the truth is is they were wrong most of the time not all the time but sometimes they were right and they were it was a great conversation they were super helpful no matter what because i also know that they represent not just themselves in most cases they represent opinions of other people who may not be so kind about it but they were super nice even when i even when they were completely wrong where sometimes i had to say you're completely wrong and uh, sometimes they agreed, sometimes they didn't, but they were just super good at it. And when you're super good at it, you you protect relationships, your relationship gets better. When you have good relationships with people that you completely disagree with about stuff, we gotta get back to that. That's an important thing. And I think that this is a big part of it is you do it in a Christ-like way. And uh, we can get pretty bitter with each other uh, a lot of the time, can't we? And, you know, we are living in a culture where everybody's really bitter. You know, one of the craziest lawsuits that's going on right now is that Burger King, familiar with Burger King? Burger King is uh, getting sued. You know why they're getting sued? And this is going to go forward in, in, in court. They're getting sued. It's a class action lawsuit. It's a class action lawsuit because the burger, the Whopper on the picture, when you order it, the Whopper you get doesn't look like the Whopper on the, on the picture. And a bunch of people got together to sue Burger King about this. And the judge has said this can go forward. You know, why, why, why are you doing this? See, I think there's something about having expectations of your fast food burger. I don't expect it to look like the picture on there. But the claim is that the, the picture of the, the Whopper is 35% bigger than the actual Whopper that you get. And uh, you know what? I'm sure that's true. That picture looks good. I'll bet it's not even a Whopper. I bet it's a painting or cardboard or some other material other than meat and lettuce. They do that on purpose to make it look good. Uh, you, maybe you can make one that looks that good. But, you know, the, the thing for me when it comes to hamburgers is does it taste good? You know, if the bun's a little crackly, if it's a little smashed, if it's not as thick as I want it, maybe that's disappointing. Maybe it isn't. Maybe that I don't, but I don't have that expectation. If I go someplace and I spend a lot of money on a burger, you know, then I have a higher expectation. Are you with me? I, uh, I like to get burgers. If I'm at an expensive restaurant for some reason, and they, if they, if they have a hamburger on the, the menu, I get it because it's probably phenomenal. And you know what? When that, when that burger comes out, it probably looks exactly like the picture on the menu, if there's even a picture on the menu. Usually restaurants like that don't have pictures, right? But you have a picture in your mind of what it would look like, and it comes out, and it's spectacular. But if that burger costs 40 bucks or 50 bucks, it better be. But if your burger costs $5, uh, do you really have an expectation that it's going to look the same as the, the $40 burger? I don't think you do. See, this is this is how we have gone to an extreme in our country today about how we handle our disagreements. Is that we sue a fast food company and they want they want monetary damages? I'm not sure how they're hurt by this. Have, have you been wounded by your uh, fast food burger? I mean, maybe more than your health, you know. Maybe there's a but that's not what this is. That's an incredible thing. Are you part of this lawsuit? Love to hear what's the what's the rationale? They want monetary damages and they want the picture at Burger King. And I suppose this would affect all the fast food places to look like the burger you actually get. So you're saying you can't have it your way. That's right. I guess you can't have it your way. Like, my way would be that picture up there on the screen. But, uh, you know, uh, Burger King, uh, you know, first of all, Burger King's a monarchy anyway. So I'm not sure that you have a right at Burger King to order order them to do anything. There's no voting. Do they have a Burger Prince? I don't know. There used to be, uh, and I'm really going to date myself. There was a contest years ago with Burger King where you had to run into, it was a commercial series, and you had to run into a guy. What was his name? Uh, I want to say Jared, but I don't, is that, no, he's the subway guy. Whole different story with that guy. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, What was his name? Anybody remember that that campaign? I don't remember. It was '80s or '90s, and uh, you were gonna if you ran into this guy at a Burger King, you won like a million dollars. Herb, his name was Herb, and if you ran into Herb, and it was just some guy who but you'd see him in the commercial. But if you saw him at the Burger King, you would win whatever the contest was, and it worked. People flocked into Burger King uh, because they hoped to meet Herb, and uh, you know that was uh, that was a huge a huge deal for me. I think people cared more about that than what the burger looked like. You know, are you this is just an example of how we are we have taken offense to a level of absurdity that uh, can't even be calculated. 888-528-2557 is the number Penny in Canoga Park. Welcome to the Pastor Scott show.
3: Hi Pastor Scott. I just want to tell you something. I'm a Whopperville girl from way back and that hamburger used to look like that picture. It doesn't now. It's small. It doesn't taste as good as it used to. I kind of think it's silly to sue someone over it, just do what I've done. I don't go to Whopperville anymore.
0: (laughs) So you've become disappointed with the, uh, the kingdom of the Whopper.
3: It's, it's not that. It's just that, you know what, it used to be exactly like the picture and it used to taste wonderful and it doesn't look like the picture anymore. It's a lot smaller. You can grab it. With your, it looks like a larger McDonald's mm. and it, it never used to be that. That's why we used to call it Whopperville and that's why it was called Whopper. I see. And it's just gone
0: down the but drain. But you don't think you should sue over it? Like if you went in there and oh you God, got... Oh, God,
5: no. That's, I don't think anybody that, should sue unless someone hurts you physically. <laughs> all right.
0: I that's Crazy, right? All right, Penny. Thanks. Thank you for that. I actually had a not too long ago that I thought was pretty good, but I hadn't had one in a long time, so I don't even remember. Uh, Brian in Redondo Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
6: Hey, Pastor. Uh, Yeah, I wanted to chime in on this a little bit. Uh, So uh, I understand that, you know, okay, so for example, Burger King, I mean, when you're seeing this on TV, don't you want to get that particular product?
0: You know, I do, but I don't know that. Do I have that expectation that it's going to look like that? I guess i i I don't. Right, but when you see an In aNd Out commercial, that kind of lives up to the standard, doesn't it? It is closer. I, mean, I would definitely agree with that. The picture is <laughs> much closer to what you actually get at the In aNd Out.
6: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's worthy of a, a frivolous lawsuit, but I, you know, I, <laughs> it's like I won't name drop other other uh, fast food. Uh, companies, but they they do the same thing, right? Everything looks greater on TV than it truly is when you get it. Sometimes,
0: isn't that the nature of advertising? Though, I mean, hopefully you have some truth in advertising, but you, you, things get built up quite a bit, right? In the way, like if you're even if you're selling your house, right? The the pictures they put online uh, are unbelievable, and then you you move in, and then eventually you find, oh, this was cracked, and this wasn't so good. I, mean, I guess that's wrong. You know, to a certain extent, you uh, you do have a case there, right? But but sometimes I think we have an expectation of things that aren't—that's just not worth it. No, I agree. Yeah. Okay, all right, uh, well, thank Brian. You. Thanks for your call on that. You know he's right, though. That you know you, you you look at something and you go, "Oh, that looks good." Sometimes you look at the picture at the restaurant, right, and it's in the menu, and then you get it and it's it's disappointing in how it looks. There's a there's an Instagram that I follow. It's called Cooking for Bay, B a e right what does bay stand for forgetting it's like uh before anyone else i think is what it means it's like your number one love and people just take pictures of the food of their their plate of food that looks awful and it's hilarious it's laugh out loud funny and i think about it sometimes i look at that stuff and i go yeah that looks gross i can't believe they served that but it might taste fine like the taste might be actually really good i don't know 8885282557 uh, Michael in Norwalk welcome to the Pastor Scott show Hey how you doing Scott I'm good Michael how are you I'm doing well um it, it
6: reminds me of a a lawsuit quite a, quite quite a time back where they sued I believe it was McDonald's for the coffee because you know, they burnt themselves with the coffee and then they had to uh, write on the the cups of contents are hot contents are (laughs) uh, pretty pretty obvious to me but you know (laughs) it's uh it's it's things that that escalate where they don't need to go that route you know yeah you know it seems right then go somewhere else like
0: there's a huge difference you know i read that case actually the lady burned herself she actually got third degree burns uh From that uh, coffee, right, so there there was something serious there, but nobody has been injured by the ugly looking hamburger.
6: I hope not right
0: <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> all right yeah, maybe I hope not I hope not yeah all maybe right, maybe you. they've been you know in our world today, thank you, Michael, you know, in our world today, I think we do we 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 take so much offense that maybe they think they are injured by that. You know, It's definitely a point, right, in fair advertisement. There's Funny, I'm looking at a website that has the, the sign of the whopper, what's on the sign, and then the whopper somebody got. Yeah, it doesn't look the same. Anyway, maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow. I think it's kind of an interesting topic. Tomorrow's Open Line Friday. Hey, uh, David and others, I won't get to your call. We're out of time for today. You can get the podcast. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show. And you can follow us right now on socials, Instagram and Twitter X. Uh, go to look for at Pastor Scott Show. And uh, we will be back with you tomorrow from three to five. God bless you, everyone. Looking forward to your calls tomorrow. Have a good night